Welcome to the RPG Podcast. And we are live. Oh, God, Pat! Presented by Sheep. A Time Wheel Production. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Robert Patton Global Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. We are pumping them out these days, and I have another special guest, as always, a special guest. They're all special. But this is a good friend of mine, He's, and I've been hyping up his product on this podcast for a couple months now. He's uh, the owner of Ohana Kava Bar here in Colorado Springs. His name is Matthew Clark. Thank you for joining me, Matt. Thanks for having me, Mr. Banks, Bobby the Bank. <sighs> Mr. Banks, that's what they call me. And so, like I was saying a minute ago, we should have probably done this a long time ago, but you were still kind of getting your feet wet, I think, talking into a microphone, and now you do it all the time. I have been doing it more. I was just on live radio this morning with Mountain Country. Mountain Country FM. And I, uh, I go on there a couple times a month with them. I need, I was and who's to... that guy with the other radio station I used to go on with all the time? Oh, right. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. It was like the rap station. Yeah. Um, I still see them, but I, I don't seen remember. Them in a while. Yeah, it's like 98 FM uh, Blaze. Blazing. Blazing it up. Blazing. Well, every important meeting uh, in Fiji and most of the South Pacific where they drink kava starts with uh, drinking kava first and they don't. They don't uh, discuss talking. any issues yeah, until they drink some kava. kava. In Hawaii, shot. they dip their finger in and they say to the Aina, the Amakua, aloha. For DMX, aloha. <laughs> and I brought you some of the freshest kava outside of the South Pacific. That's fresh green Hawaiian kava, mm. spotted heva. Tastes like uh, cucumber water. Yeah, this is my favorite. You brought it's it delicious. to a couple parties. UFC parties when we get wild on Kava. When is our next UFC party? I think two weeks. There's one tomorrow, though, night, tomorrow night. Now, this might not air in time for people to hear, but we're going to be watching the Ben Askren, Jake, Jake, uh, Logan Paul. So, Jake Paul, <laughs> Logan Paul's brother, is fighting. The YouTuber's fighting a professional athlete, oh, Ben Askren, tomorrow that's night. It's happening tomorrow night? Yeah. So what you time? Might, yeah, you might want to come watch it. Um, you know, the normal time. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the, you know, it's usually like 7 p.m. I'll send you the details, but that's going to be fun. It's a freak show. And there's also a UFC event, but we're going to watch this one kind of simultaneously. And But then next weekend is like a triple header with all these crazy fights. So you'll have to come to that. That's what we do here in the springs. Got my crew. We watch UFC fights on Saturday night, Saturday nights, and it's fun. And we sometimes talk about business sometimes we just mastermind shoot, yeah shoot the shit so matt okay good point everyone knows that this podcast is about success principles one of which is the mastermind group which yeah. we've created and we've been having for like a, a couple years probably now yeah four years i wish we met more regularly but we're all so busy i don't know how to make that happen for all of us but i feel like a lot of good has come out of it and we we talk on our messenger yeah, chat a lot our group chat and whatever that's called boost each other up and let out our complaints there and tell each other we're being dumb when we're complaining about some of the stuff we're complaining about like i was the other day yeah well, i don't even remember what that was it was There's, something dumb 
really bothered me. Oh, it was someone on one of those chats like from like years ago. On and I was like, post. are you kidding me? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can't. I mean, somebody called us racist on a post recently, and it had nothing to do with race. I don't. It was just a post about a fighter fighting, and then he was like, "That's racist." I'm just like, "What are you talking about?" People are insane. You can't read the comments because they're trying to bring you down. Those people are losers. We're winners, and we're always, always trying to lift each other up in the mastermind group. There's never a time where we're like you know, you suck or something where it's always. Yeah. You remember how I met you? Mm-hmm. You were getting on the elevator or you were leaving a Morgan's float spa. Did we meet there? I thought I uh -huh. met you for, at, at your bar. No. Okay, so we did meet there. Yeah. And I threw you some mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're in that same mind space. And then I saw you again there, uh, like a few weeks later and you were like, yeah, that was good. It helped. Yes. I love mushrooms. And then we started hiking together and, we would hike and chant uh, our desires and wishes to the universe while we were hiking and doing Qigong, which we haven't done in a couple of years now. Yeah. Yeah, we should have been going during the pandemic. We're all locked away. But, you know, I remember meeting you at your bar, but I also remember meeting you at, at Morgan's Float Spa. If you, if you guys have never been to a float spa, go. It's like the ultimate meditation. And that is... I know. I remember meeting you there. You were with Chris or something, and you had those mushrooms. Oh yeah. With an employee, or maybe one of your employees. But that's neither here nor there. Don't get bogged down in the minutia of the details of how we met. Other than we both own businesses, I think, and that's kind of like I was. I was giving you some advice. I said you need to open up before three p.m., motherfucker, because I'm trying to get in here. We were open at three. You start. You oh yeah, before three. Oh, would well, years ago, yeah, we didn't open until three. Yeah. Because I was, and I, I was like, you're wasting valuable time that people, you could be serving customers. And I'm, I was, you know, like I wanted to go there and just hang out during the day and like do work. Yeah, and now, now you live in the mountains and hide away from all of this. I know. It's a beautiful thing. I'm a hermit. <laughs> but I. But now we open at 12 o'clock. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. And we're open until 10 on the weekends and 12 on Friday and Saturday. And come the summer, probably next month, we'll start opening it. Or twelve to twelve every day. Ooh, nice. But during the winter time, it's so cold. Nobody stays out during the weekdays at eleven. I'm professional and 12 motherfucker. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Somebody's calling me from L.A. Must must be important. Somebody from L.A. calling me, but I'm I'm in an important conversation with my good friend Matt. And I just want to clarify. So he owns OhanaKavaBar.com, which is the, his on line store but he also has two locations here in colorado springs with one pending in manitou yeah that'll be our third location i don't know when it's going to open yeah what's tell me real quick yeah what's going on i know on? nothing yeah the landlord hasn't gotten back to me the city won't let him let me rent it out even though that side of the building doesn't need any work the other side needs massive work yeah well it needs flooring and it needs some like uh engineering stuff because it hangs over the creek oh yeah but the city won't issue me a business permit to be in there uh but when i'm done here i'm going by there to put a big banner up in the win window Might and well. say find us downtown because i keep getting messages i have a flag in the window right now but i, I won't i won't 
Might as well use the marketing space while I can. Yeah. And send money over to the other two bars. Yeah. We're, we're coming and soon. And I'm going to put uh, us in downtown. You know, disposable menus out front. Uh, I got one of those little card holder things so people can grab those. And online. Hey, yeah. we're online. Bahanacavabar.com. Yeah. Get all of our products. Promo code Sheath will save you 5%, which you might think 5%. I need 10% minimum. However, trust me, 5% is good. He's already got a good price. We're just giving you something because he's, the price is already as low as it can go, and he's still giving more. Take advantage of it. Try it. Share, And you can have a party with your friends. You'd be introducing something that they've never tried, probably. And you'd be the life of the party. Have a party. You know? Cavo party, no alcohol. Mm-hmm. Everyone uh, gets rooted. Uh, they feel good. I describe Cava to a lot of people as alcohol, coffee, and cannabis coming together to party without any of the negative side effects. Mm-hmm. It's a social lubricant like alcohol. Makes you want to talk and hang out and have a good time. Mm-hmm. Like cannabis, it mm-hmm. relaxes your body, relaxes your muscles, makes you feel good. And you know, coffee invigorates your mind and makes you more creative. Uh, you know, a lot of people hang out at the bar. They they get work done. Uh, a lot of them like to paint and do arts and crafts and stuff. There were there were kids the other day. They're making like bracelets and dream catchers and all sorts of stuff in there. They bring all their their kits in and all their friends sit there drink kava and make cool shit. Well, it's like it's like Cheers, where everyone you know knows your yeah. name and maybe you're the new guy, but they'll get to know you. It is so like very welcoming. There's the social lubricant factor. I remember I would go in when I was not a hermit and before COVID and it was awesome. Everyone fucking, we all like hang out and Everyone talk. becomes friends. That's why I call it Ohana and family because you'll become lifelong friends there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so join them, join the family, ohanakavabar.com. And I'm not, we'll, we'll do that a few times. And you know, that kava you poured was delicious. Yeah, let's so, drink some more. Yeah, let's get a little bit more of that. Uh, yeah, pour it down here. I don't want to get on the equipment. He's pouring me this, whatever this is, the Hawaiian. But online he has the Venetian and uh, and the Fiji. No, yeah, Vanuatu and Fijian, which are both excellent as well. This is fresh green Hawaiian kava. This is the spotted Hiva variety. Um, one of my next goals, if you want to talk about goals, yeah, is owning a kava farm, which I've talked about for a few years now. Uh-huh. There's so many hurdles. Have you written it down? <laughs> I've written it down many times. Okay, just checking. But there's so many hurdles. The biggest hurdle being getting kava plants. Ooh. You don't buy seeds. You have to get cuttings. So you have to get cuttings to grow plants to grow more cuttings. And getting people to sell you kava plants is very difficult. Making sure we're yeah okay. Well, let's drink some of this. Bula, bula, bula to everyone out there. Mm. So, <clears throat> my guy has been working on hybridizing the plants, so they're growing in Northern California and they're surviving 110 degree temperatures with low relative humidity, 10, 15 percent humidity, and this is a tropical shrub. It grows Hawaii. Fiji, Vanuatu, Solomon Islands, all throughout the South Pacific, where the temperatures stay relatively stable between 70 degrees and 82 degrees and, you know, 50 to 100% humidity year round, and it doesn't fluctuate much. So trying to grow this tropical shrub outside of the tropics is an exercise in futility for most people. Uh, My dude's a mad scientist, though, and he's hybridized it with another 
pepper plant uh, where he's injected, like he's sucked the blood out of this other plant. I don't know what it is. It's another relative of the pepper plant. That can withstand the heat and whatnot. Of, yeah, okay. and then put it into the kava plant. So yeah. it's kind of GMO, but not like GMO, like with Bigger. fish fish genes in it, like Monsanto does and uh, uh, uh. tolerant to drowning it in glyphosate and stuff. Um, but the problem is we still need to get it to tolerate colder temperatures uh, so we can grow it stateside because if it hits, m- most of the plants won't survive past like 55 degrees. They just die mm. and you, you can't revive them. Mm-hmm. They're just like, nope, I'm out. He's gotten it down to about 42 degrees. But if you can get it down another 10 degrees to about 32, we could grow it in zones 10A and 10B. So South Texas uh, and South Florida up to like uh, Lake Okeechobee area. So he called somewhere in China that does CRISPR. They wanted $80,000 to do the gene editing for CRISPR. So he's like, yeah, no, uh, we got to keep looking and try to find someone else. So at 80 G's though, that's a, that's what we call a barrier to entry. (laughs) That is a barrier to entry. Um, however, I mean, maybe it would be worth it if we could start growing it stateside in South Texas and we don't have to deal with import duties and so i've been saving up for a couple years so eventually we can buy buy a farm and start growing kava whether it's in hawaii hawaii would be ideal because then you know i have to go to hawaii to check out my kava farm and walk around barefoot on my kava farm and eat some fresh fruit off my kava farm and florida seems like it would work the problem is they still get cold snaps there sometimes once a year where temp drops to 32 and You just lost your whole crop. Mm -hmm. Part of the issue with kava is uh, it needs to grow for 18 months. Minimum. Most people grow it three to five years, but the kava lactones peak in 18 months. Mm. So my dudes realized that we can pack it in more uh, per acre. And I just want want some land in Hawaii where I can go hide (laughs) like you're doing in the mountains. But then I can also go surfing, swim in the, the ocean and snorkel with the well, you uh, love that huh? clark surfer that's yeah. your ha- handle that's me look at his shirt he's wearing the, the hawaiian shirt this is like an antique one i found yeah this is from like the 60s you're the only guy i know that wears that shit but that's cool <laughs> he's going only against, got this flavor going yeah yeah you don't want to copy everyone just be your be your own self how could it be anyone else everyone else is taken it's very easy. a lot of people are clones and sheep and they just mirror what they see and, and people are like matt's an asshole and i'm like yeah you're authentic some people might say also. Well, that's what they were saying the other day because I don't talk to people at the bar because I keep my mouth shut because everyone's offended by everything. Like you were saying you were called racist for something. It's like, yeah, I own three businesses, soon to be four, maybe five. Like I have a lot on the line and I lack a filter a lot. Uh, yeah, I don't remember what the racist thing was again, but uh, you, yeah, you have to be fucking very careful these days because... But I was talking to Celeste over in the corner and she's always laughing because I can talk openly to her. She's not offended by stuff. Yeah. So we joke about stuff. And yeah. then she said, yeah, people, people are like, why are you always laughing with Matt in the corner? And she's like, because he's funny as hell. 
and they're like but he never talks to anyone and she's like yeah because you're all offended by everything <laughs> yeah well you have to it's scary yeah you know, i mean you, don't be. you say one wrong thing and next thing you know the the entire town and country is destroying your business because you made a joke about something he called me a he and i'm a they yeah i'm not even talking about this i know i'm just joking because <laughs> you wouldn't do that you're a reasonable person if they want to be called you do you that's yeah, my that's, totally. that's my life philosophy absolutely i'm just joking. i wear hawaiian shirts you wear whatever you want yeah wear a you mask be whoever you want wear a mask don't wear a mask holla you do you do you i'll do me and we can all get along happily i think it's when you tell me what to do that i'm gonna have a problem with that give me a suggestion maybe that's it i'm open and i've changed Just i'm more to like be tolerant. kind to people yeah be nice and if it ain't bothering you don't worry about it it's not your business mind your business yeah don't be a karen and and all and all that jazz but I, one of the things also we could get we could go down a rabbit hole and we will back and forth but you didn't start off as a kava bar owner how did you become a kava bar owner I've been an entrepreneur since I was a child. Okay. I, uh, in middle school, I started selling candy. Mm -hmm. Uh, end of middle school, going into high school, I sold fake watches. Uh, I was always trying to hustle and make money. One of my neighbors, I, I would offer to clean people's houses at, you know, 12, 13, 14 years old. Nice. Whatever, whatever they needed help with. Let me help move stuff. Give me a couple bucks. Um, and this old dude, Lucky, he was always going out on the gambling ship down in Palm Beach. Uh, I, I would clean his house, help him clean stuff. And one day, I was working as a lifeguard at that point at the Rapids Water Park. And he was like, hey, you want to sell fake watches? Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to try they. And I didn't have enough cash. I was like, well, listen, I get a paycheck in like a day. How about I let you hold the paycheck and I take you know equivalent amount of watches um i think that's how he did it yeah and and i took like you know half a dozen watches and i sold some brought him back his cash took my check bought more watches and kept flipping them i bought my first car when i was 14 years old i couldn't even legally drive it yet until uh, wow. i was 15 and i think i paid i think it was 1200 dollars. it was a 1972 cutlass supreme Ooh. 354 barrel dual exhaust I burned through so many tires on that thing. My second car, here's a fun story, was a 1984 Dodge Ram Charger Prospector. It's the SUV looking thing. Okay. I drove that through college. I just bought another one yesterday. Oh, you did buy that. Yeah. I'm okay. going to wrap the windows. Pays Art is going to uh, spray paint it. All tiki graffiti stuff. Some mermaids, some octopuses on it. And uh, I'm going to put a sound system in there. Put 33-inch tires. Put a lift kit. So this is where we're going to take it to farmers markets. Your 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 fascination with cars has been there since fourteen. Because I'm like I don't really care that much about cars, but you're like always popping up a Porsche or a Ferrari or something on the group yeah. chat. Yeah, my first car was a '72 Cutlass Supreme, and uh, my parents took me to car shows all the time when I was younger. And I mean, what kid didn't have like a Lamborghini of poster course. or Ferrari, I Ferrari poster? I had a Ferrari poster on my, in my when I was whatever a kid. Like, right? So, yeah, but then when it came to get actually getting my 16 year old car handed to me it was just what i got here's your 92 honda civic yeah here, <laughs> take it and so i took that burnt out no my parents didn't give me anything 
and then got another just mom's car type thing, you know, and I always just rocked whatever I could get for the cheapest or free. But I mean, that's what I had. My second car was $800. That 84 Dodge Ram Charger was oh, 800 wow. bucks. I didn't buy a newer. I've never owned a new car. Mm-hmm. My The newest car I owned was the Forerunner that I drove for 10 years, 200,000 miles that I bought used for 24,000 uh, that I, I kept to let people use when they needed it. And then Max bought it because he was using it all the time. I was like, just give me a couple grand. And so he still has it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, eh, if you want to sell it, I'll buy it back. <laughs> yeah, those are awesome. A yeah, it's a great car. We rebuilt the engine. That thing will run another 200,000 miles. Just change the brakes and the shocks every, uh, you know, 50, 75,000 miles and mm-hmm. it'll go forever. I'm really excited about that truck though. Yeah, that'll be good ha- advertising. Having it tiki wrapped and uh, I bought a, what's it called? A tent that's all logo wrapped oh, right. with a big backdrop. We got into the farmer's market. We'll be doing that this summer. 2017, we did it. I had huge growth that summer. Yeah. Because there's so many people that walk through there. Uh, I didn't really sell any, sell a lot and make a lot of money there, but it drew people in. Everyone, yeah. you know, hey, where, where'd you find us? They were like, oh, I saw you at the farmer's market. Drew a ton of customers in. We were growing like 30% month over month that mm, summer. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Typically, companies don't grow that quickly, but I know you had a... Just at the very beginning, your first month, you did like 10 G's, right? Yeah. Is that right? Or do I forget? No, it was it was around there. Yeah, because it took me like five years to make t- 10 G's a month. I was out hustling the street, though. Yeah. I, I was out I passing out. Uh, I'd go with you sometimes. Pa- passing out free drink cards up and down the street. I'd skate up and down, pass out flyers. Hey, have you been to the Cov Bar? Every business I walked into when I'd check out, uh, hey, have you been to the Cov Bar? Here's a free drink. Uh, and here's here's a free coupon to bring bring a couple friends and mm-hmm. um, lowest acquisition cost to give someone a free drink and if they like it they come back. Yeah, that's a great lesson. And they they bring their friends. For anyone listening, if you ha- like, because with Sheath, even still, I guess it applies to Sheath, but for local businesses, like getting that foot traffic, getting that word of mouth, beating the streets with your feet, and telling people about your spreading awareness, and then when they get there, delivering service and quality product and that but that service i always you know I yeah always, it's not all me i mean the bartenders they're the ones that people come back to see mm-hmm. and keep them coming back and the people that go in there are probably the same type of people that the people listening here are you know the just maybe not into going to a bar and partying and like getting all wasted and shit you want something a little bit different but still that social atmosphere and maybe you know get a little maybe a little buzz it gives yeah. you a little buzz it i call you it happy and relaxed yeah i say I, it just makes me feel good creates ultimately. a sense of euphoria and well-being it does it lowers your shoulders people walk in like this with their shoulders stuck to their ears yeah and they drink some kava and you can see see them start doing this number mm. shoulders start relaxing they start leaning back a little more i mean seeing the same faces over and over is like a testament to the product because they in, in this atmosphere it's a really good atmosphere also i think yeah yeah every time i go in there it's like hey marshall and that I, there's the girl and alex and i mean alex got banned but all the guys that i know everyone <laughs> i forget the girl jessica is jessica stein yeah she's yeah. still there i know she saw her the there. other day yep 
every time I go in there. And I was in like, it's cool to just take a group there that has never tried it. Cause again, you're just introducing something new that they're going to like, because you don't, how can it's, you know, you're not going to not like it. It's so subtle. You're not, you're not like, you're getting like just a sense of well being. Yeah. Do you want a sense of well being? Everyone. <laughs> so you asked me, you know, what I did before, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I hustled through high school, <laughs> uh, worked some odd jobs, a lot of odd jobs, made subs at one point, mm-hmm. worked at a climbing gym. I was a lifeguard, county lifeguard. I made really good money back then as a county lifeguard. I was making ten fifty an hour in nineteen ninety eight. That's like double what everyone else is making. Yeah, probably five bucks. But my car sucked a lot of gas, so that's where all my money went. <laughs> yeah, but I did. I had a lot of odd jobs. I worked McDonald's, pizza delivery. Yeah. Ultimately, I, I went legit, I guess, and I got some like payroll, at human resources job. I always worked odd jobs. I ne- I've never had a nine to five Monday through Friday job. Uh, throughout college, I did uh, a lot of union work. My brother got me in with the IATSE local union doing concerts. Uh, I've I worked a ton of concerts. I've seen so many concerts. Worked I've never them been backstage. In a union. How's that being in a union? I mean, I was just like a stagehand. Like they just they're like, hey, we need extra help loading trucks, and it was a four hour minimum. So I'd make like uh, probably like a hundred bucks. Yeah. And the loadouts usually only take two hours, but you get paid for four hours. And then I'd go early so I could watch the show. So it was awesome. I got yeah. to watch a you know concert for free from either the front row because i would just stand off to the side or backstage uh sometimes i get to meet the meet the band and that was cool yeah i met the um uh the doors uh what's the founder's name when they were touring as jimmy morrison when they were touring as doors of the 21st century okay i'm not that familiar with them the piano player david lee roth no, I can't remember his name. Anyways, I was smoking a cigarette and I'm standing on stage rolling up cable and he walks over to me. He's like, hey, can you get a cigarette? And I'm like, hey, you're the guy. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Can I get a cigarette? And I'm like, wow, really? Like you're coming over here to bum a cigarette off me? <laughs> and you can't even be like, yeah, hey, how's it going? You're going to give me attitude? <laughs> Did you get my cigarette? I think so. Good. And then he like wandered off and was like, whatever. It's good to be pleasant. A pleasing personality is one of the principles of success. But don't smoke. Smoking is bad. Smoking. They is. used to give out free cigarettes back then at the concerts. So I'd always go get a free pack of cigarettes and I'd smoke a couple cigarettes here and there. Yeah. Terrible idea. Cigarettes suck. Nicotine's terrible. Get that jewel, baby. No. This is an advertisement for J-U-U-L. <laughs> They're very expensive and tasty. But, uh... But then you, I mean, what I know about you is that you were like a nurse yep. before you well, got this profession, the, the, you know, the bar. Going. Yep, and that's how I found Kava. Well, no, I found Kava when I was 18. I had graduated high school and I was skating around my circle and a friend came out with a two-page newspaper article and said, hey, Matt, you're a hippie. You'd like this shit. And I looked at the article and I was like, I am a hippie. I would like that shit. Uh, and it was about 45 minutes south down in Boca Raton. Uh, Do you have that article still? I think I feel No, like I, I wish would... I did. Okay. Might be able to find it online, though. I feel like that would be helpful. That would be cool. Yeah. Share that. We should look everyone. for that later. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was called the Nakamol. Uh, the Nakamol. The Nakamol. Oh, so that was in the bars? yeah, in yeah. Vanuatu, uh, kava clubs are called Nakamols. N a k a m a l. Yeah, I was going to say spell yeah. it. Okay, put that in the show notes, <laughs> Jamie. And um, I was eighteen. I started taking dates down there. Because you can't go to an alcohol bar when you're uh, under 21. Boom. And it's something fun. It's totally different, uh, you know. Uh, and there was a movie theater right over there. So we'd go drink kava and then go on a date to the movie theater and dinner or whatever. So that was fun. And then um, when I was in college, 2003, another kava bar opened up closer to where I lived. And I spent all my time in nursing school there. So then I became a nurse. Worked in the uh, psych ward for a couple years, did med surge for a couple years, and spent most of my time in the emergency room where I drank kava while I worked because it's a very stressful job. And I missed having a kava bar, and I got tired of nursing. So I opened a kava bar. Fuck yeah. I saved up for a couple years. I worked 48, 60-hour weeks for about two years. Saving up, took a loan out. That's awesome found the spot leveraged the house leveraged both cars damn put, put all my cash line. on the line it's like i'm all in pushed all in and people were like oh this came easy for you and i'm like yeah i mean if you, you consider it took me 15 well now 20 years to get here you know hustling in in high school learn, learning being a nurse for 15 years the wife being a nurse for 15 years us both working both saving being able to get the loan uh, that she wrote me solely because I was a nurse and said, I don't know if this is going to work. None of the docs wanted to invest with me and I'm really gl- grateful they didn't. Hell yeah. Because I own 100% now. Proprietor. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the bank was like, I'm only writing you this note because I know you could continue working five days a week mm-hmm. to pay it back <laughs> if you have to. Yeah, it was only like, how much? 35? 40. 40? 40, 40 yeah. almost. And, uh, but I mean, I still kept working uh five days a week I, w- I worked the er two three shifts a week and i worked the bar two three days a week behind the bar and uh i worked uh out on the streets passing out flyers when i wasn't behind the bar mm-hmm. it's cool because super easy bro well here's the thing <laughs> i heard this this phrase two days ago and it was like show me a man that's doing what he loves and i'll show you a man that's never worked a day in his life and you created this passion do you feel like when you go to the bar <coughs> that it's work or are you going like to your happy place or to you tell me depends on the day uh, yeah i feel you there's always sometimes I, I like when i walk in I, I don't get to sit down and relax because i'm always there fixing something making something doing something talking to people <laughs> i mean I but, what, what, what but, but, but what but what but but it's doing? nice because i I'm not stuck in the ER working a 12 hour shift where I can't leave. I can run in, I can get stuff done. I can go take care of the kids. I can run back. Um, you know, it's nice being able to make your own schedule. Do you think everybody could make their own schedule? I don't know. I, I don't even know if I make my own schedule. Yeah. Right. You, it's hard to keep up with it all. Demand. I mean, my point being that I've not been everyone with the wife can start for the last their own two weeks. Cause I like the, the kids have missed me and, uh, you know, I've been working, 12, 14, 16 hour days trying to get stuff done. And you have short stuff? Uh, a little bit right now because 
people keep dying and people keep having to take bereavement leave and so yeah i've been playing catch up and you're covering for your team yeah yeah that's a good leader good leader will take the ball and run with it sometimes but typically you want to be able to pass it off so that you can go surfing in costa rica yeah which i've done a few times yeah you have i want to go you want to go i do let's go do we need a passport? Yes. A vaccine passport, I mean. Ooh, I don't know about that. <laughs> but I'm my dad just came it. in. I'm not doing it. And this man over here is who taught me my work ethic. Yeah. He Doug, worked Doug the what, dad. 50, 60, 70 hour weeks when I was a kid. 40 years. For 40 years. So having a dad be a good example. So he taught me what to do something. and also what I didn't want to do. Because well, he taught me how to work hard, but also that I didn't want to have to work that hard where I couldn't see my kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but he was what, doing what, it for... What's the point in all of it? For you, you know? which is nice. Huh? It's But he was doing it for you and the yeah. family. Yeah, absolutely. But you want to do that. You want to do the, provide the same level of lifestyle. But I also want to see them. But be able to see them in the process. Yeah. And enjoy it with them. And sometimes not... I like hanging out with the kids. Most of the time. Yeah. I love them. They're fun. I like kids sometimes. But like. They're growing on me. An important. <laughs> well, you're a dad. And he's your dad. And like, I had a pretty good dad myself that was there for me when I needed him. And a lot of people don't have dads. And some of them make it. A lot of them turn to a life of crime. And <laughs> and end up in jail. It's dads, take care of your fucking kids. Yeah. That's the message of the show. One of them. Because how's your daughter doing? She's thriving in college. Is uh, this her be, second year now? Yeah, she'll be here. Actually, she's coming home to visit this afternoon. Oh wow! Yeah, so I get to see her. And you know, try to instill these principles of success in her. You think she's going to be a business owner and a hustler like her yeah. dad? She's, I mean, she's talking about opening up a, co a, a coffee shop that is like, uh, has like a witch kind of theme to it because she's into like those types of like whatever gothic. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. I thought it was a cool theme. And then just, you know, then the coffee sells itself, but what makes you different than all the other coffee shops? And it's, you know, the pleasing personality and the welcoming environment and, that little bit of extra that you put in the coffee called love. Mm -hmm. The secret ingredient to any winning recipe. Passion helps. Like, we'll, yeah, you know who paid for my college? The United States government. No, it has two thumbs and looks like this guy. Really? <laughs> yep. Uh, my mom and dad looked at me and said, you're going to college and you better get a scholarship and figure out how to pay for the mm -hmm. rest of it. <laughs> But they let me live at home. So I didn't have to, you know, pay for housing too. That helps. But I, I mostly slept at girlfriend's houses and my friend's house up by the beach so I could surf in the morning. Or, you know, if there was no surf, I'd probably be over at the girlfriend's house down south. <laughs> While we're waiting, I would like to do a quick ad read once again because we have the man himself here. This episode is brought to you by Ohana Kaba Bar. Dot com the best kava you can get i could tell you that personally 
because I've, I've tried it. I'm telling you firsthand. Trust me. I'm the CEO. She's underwear. I'm giving you the info. I'm not going to lie to you. Have I tried other kava? Yes. Is this the best? I can say, yes, it is the best that I've tried. You can trust it. So you can go to ohanakavabar.com. Use promo code sheath. Save 5%. I already did this ad read in the middle already and talking to him, but just, just go check it out. I'm trying to push traffic to his site and show that we have an audience that listens. <coughs> and you're supporting an entrepreneur like myself who's li- trying to you know live the dream. Thank you, Jake. See, Jake's going to go. Thank you, Jake. OhanaKavabar.com. Ohana. O-H-A-N-A-K-A-V-A-Bar.com. OhanaKavabar.com. Ohana means family. Check it out. We're live here on Twitter, and we had a question. What's the link? And I just told you. Go check it out. Let us know what you think. You will not be disappointed. That is a guarantee. I'm guaranteeing it. You probably will be disappointed with the um, taste, potentially. But no. <laughs> just know going into it, it's a little bitter. We call it mud water. Listen, it tastes like dirt. You drink for the effects, not the flavor. I had an idea, <laughs> and I want to get back to the surfing. But I was like thinking Matt should introduce Kava to Saudi Arabia. The Middle East, they don't fucking have any access yeah, to the there's Fijian. a dude on, uh, I don't know if it's Reddit or the Kava forums. He travels a lot, and I've seen him posting, like, because he's over there in the Middle East somewhere, uh, that he always brings his Kava with him. I don't think he drinks alcohol, but you can't get alcohol See? there. Yeah, alcohol is illegal there in some of the countries, but Kava would be a good substitute, and they like to party. They'd be in there having a good time, and maybe, you know... It, wonderful it calms plant. them down. It calms people down. Plant-based so, medicine. Plant medicine. So you definitely consider this a plant medicine. It's in that. Absolutely. Yeah. And so all you psycho, psychonauts out there, get your plant medicine on with This kava. one's been consumed for, some people say, 2,000 years, 5,000 years. How do they find it? The Tongans say um, that they started using kava and then it traveled everywhere uh to the other islands because you know the polynesians traveled um island to island stuff and but the hawaiians say they have the best kava so the tongans say they have the best kava because they say that's where it originated Mm -hmm. the hawaiians say they have the best kava because as they journeyed from island to island they would take the best crop of everything that they had with them so the hawaiians say they have the best because that was the last stop uh, on on the travels, well, I like that Hawaiian that you bring me. That green, that fresh green. Yeah, it's some of my favorite. Eventually, we'll get some uh, fresh green. Um, I'm not doing what you think I'm doing there. <laughs> some some fresh green. I think we're gonna be getting Micronesian or Samoan. Mm. He got a contract down there to start getting it shipped across the planet, frozen. That's why we only get the Hawaiian because. You have to like airmail it, pack it in a cooler. Mm. So I buy like fifty or a hundred pounds at a time. Mm. Have you seen Zero Zero Zero? What's that? It's a new show on Amazon Prime. It's a series about this cocaine shipment 
You have to watch it. It's like eight episodes. I don't have but time you're... to watch TV. I know, but you can make time for this because it's a business. I've been watching Yellowstone, though. Study. I had some time for that. Yeah. Did you was... watch that? No. Love Is it, it like a country kind of Wild West thing? Yeah, it's with um, Kevin Costner. Oh, I love Kevin Costner. And he owns, he owns a giant ranch outside of Yellowstone in Montana. Uh-huh. It's awesome. Okay. I'll take your recommendation. I like a nice recommendation. Old, old, old money business stuff. Okay. Cowboy business. Not not this new money. Yeah. I'm new it's, money. it's old money trying to hold on to their money because taxes keep going up and everyone wants to take his land. The, the Native Americans are trying to take his land. These uh, billionaire uh, hedge fund guys are trying to take his land and create like a big resort there. And, you know, he's raised his kids to try to help hold on to the land and take it over. Uh, but then you also got increasing taxes. Nobody wants to pay for uh, meat as much as, you know, it should cost. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, all these things to try to run a ranch and everyone wants to eat their eat their meat, but nobody wants to. He's got to put that Brandon on there, Trump steaks, and then skyrocket oh, pricing. Man, just Trump steaks. Boom. That's how you do is it. it. Raise the price. Trump cup? This looks like a Trump cup. Sheath. It's red. Is a sheath. Red is power. When was the last hats. time you wore any under any other underwear besides sheath? Um, I would say in 2015, I tried this, and this is when sheath existed. But I was actually coming trying to do some research, and it's a company called uh, oh, fuck. It's not David Archie Separatech, and they're kind of like the same company. He said anything other than sheath. You better not be wearing anything other than sheath. Oh, you mutter. All right. He said he was... Anyways. Oh, those mesh are dope. I wore those in Mexico yeah. every day when we went to the, the pool. Yeah. Because the first day I was like, oh, man. The mesh rubbing all over your, your yeah. legs and walking back in the afternoon. It's like, oh, it hurt. I wore the mesh every day after that. I, I only wore the same pair. Nice. They dry out by uh, morning. Okay. It was awesome. Yeah, get those mesh... Get those mesh. Um, we got some. I never. I need we, more mesh. Too. We never do like a live Twitter thing while we're doing a podcast, but this guy keeps commenting, which is cool. Thank you. Thank Thanks you, for joining Jake. Us. Jake, uh, the Mormon, the bearded Mormon. He is always very supportive of our social media, and you should be too. Follow us on at Sheath Underwear on all platforms. What is an obstacle you have encountered, and how? This is a trick question. No, how did you how did you get get through it? You know, as a business owner, or you know, <laughs> he's like, I don't have problems. I only have solutions. Yeah, <laughs> challenges. Well, you know, one thing that's helped me with that is working as a nurse mm-hmm. in an ER ER nurse. And that's also why I move so fast. And like my staff is sometimes like, you're, you're like, you're in and you're out. You're like, cause I'm just like, bam, bam, bam. You know, working in the ER, you have four patients. You might have six or 10, you know, if there's no staff and you might have four or five that are, uh, you know, when I worked in North Carolina, I was taking care of four critically mm. sick patients at a time Wow. where they're on vents, multiple drips, uh, and, you know, they should be like one-on-one, but mm-hmm. I was taking care of four of them yeah. with no help. Yeah. And you're running back and forth, room to room, titrating this drip, starting this line, starting this IV, titrating stuff, and... 
it's like playing but that, spinning but, plates. But it taught, it taught me how to handle stuff in, in business because you have to, especially working in triage, you have to look at someone walking through the door and assess, are, are they going to die in like the next 30 seconds? Do, do I need to get them right back to a room? Or can they sit there and wait behind all these other people? And sometimes you need to do it just by eyeballing it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how you do, like, with a problem at the bar, for instance, or something. Yeah, and, you know, sometimes I, I downgrade stuff and it gets put at the bottom of the list for too long. And I'm like, oh, man, I forgot about this three months later. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, the ice machine broke, you know. Critically. That's something I got to get fixed like, yeah. right away. Yeah. But, but, you know, I brought a bagged ice <laughs> in, so it wasn't that big a deal. But Right. Yeah, you can get by. It's not in the, well, but I don't know. What kind of obstacles are you talking uh, maybe like employees, I guess, is the only thing that I can think of off the top of my hand, head that we've discussed that, it, you know, where with Sheath. No one's ever going to love your business the way you do as an owner. Yeah. No one's going to treat it that way. Well, some will. Some buy in. Aaron does. Good. Yeah. I was wondering about that. Cause... And, and, and she, get, she gets a pension plan now. Mm-hmm. So, you know. It pays to stay. Yeah, I mean, I was having not everywhere. I mean, how how many small businesses do you know that offer pensions? I don't. Or any kind of benefits. We don't currently offer anything like that. Just I, I, I usually give her, uh, you know, a week or two of uh, vacation leave, time. Also, yeah. we keep looking at trying to offer health benefits, but it's very expensive and mm-hmm. kind of hard. But uh, I think we might be able to this time. Okay, let me know when that At least goes to the managers. Through. I might want to get in on that at some point. I mean, if I could offer it to everyone, I would. Mm -hmm. And maybe in a few years we can if, you know, sales keep going. I'd rather reinvest in in your staff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, without them. They're they're an asset. A lot of people look at their their employees as liabilities because they just see the money going out. But your staff is your biggest asset. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you invest in them. They're, they're, They're there day-to-day taking care of the customers i couldn't do it without them Uh -uh. you know they have their job i have my job to make sure they keep doing their thing aaron make sure they keep doing their thing i make sure i keep getting the products coming in and more customers coming in and you know what's our little card say i focus on sales and marketing Mm -hmm. that's my that's my number one job i'm a magnificent money manager i'm a money magnet yes (laughs) i will do more than is asked of me you have that through every transaction it is actually on here. Oh, no, it's in the other one in the bathroom. Yeah. Just yeah. Bro, but I've, I've used that for years. You know, I focus on sales and marketing. If I draw people in and I have the staff that can tell them what the kava is and mm-hmm. keep them there and get them to drink kava and get them to come back, I've done my job. They've done their job, and more more than that, they they've made someone's day better. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they've drank some kava and they've got them relaxed, and that's yeah, what it's really all unwind about. Unwind from time to time. Everyone the, the, needs the to money's unwind. the money's the money's a benefit, but really, what it's all about is creating the community and helping people's lives be better. Yeah, because the relaxed. money comes, the money will follow all that. The more yeah. people you help, it's impossible for money to flow. You're not flow your way or whatever, however you word that. Jim Rohn says, you will be paid in direct proportion to the value you deliver to the marketplace. Yeah. Deliver more value. 
Yeah. So what's the value I'm delivering is uh, a place to relax, a sanctuary, uh, and a community where everyone can come together to help themselves. And you, but so they're spreading awareness. Yeah. And so because a lot of people don't even know what kava is. Kava is that kratom? No. Oh, yeah. See. And that's what happened with the the county and the state the other day. Someone was like, "Is kava kratom?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> they both did. They do both. Y'all know how Google K. works out there. No. We, Wh- whoever asked us, like, hey, could, you could do a quick Google search. Is kava kratom? First off, who even asked the question? Is kava kratom? Those are two separate words. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they both start with a K. Don't mix alcohol with kava. That's one of the rules. No, it'll make you very nauseous. Yeah. It, so. it uh, intensifies the effects of both. And if you're an alcoholic, kava is a good substitute for a transition to sobriety and or you can keep your sobriety, some might say, using kava because it doesn't alter your mind per se in like a stupor. In large quantities. Yeah. You get crunked, they say. Well, with the I call it getting rooted. Yeah, I mean, I would just say take a double, maybe a triple, and you'll be good. Pers- that's for me. Some people like to do triple krakens and shit like yeah you guys are i don't know how people do it yeah you know what i'm really excited about though oh those shots my kava hemp shots that's who i was talking to uh before this oh nice was the graphic designer we're almost done with the labels so that's cbd and kava or Uh, is it you said hemp well it's hemp Mm -hmm. it's extract so Mm -hmm. it's isolate but it's a blend of cbd cbg and cbn Mm mm-hmm uh, 30 milligrams in the bottle, um, about 500 milligrams of kava lactones in the bottle. Uh, it's three servings. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. I think you should sell them on your website. Okay. Maybe. As an uh, uh, accessory. Yeah. Yeah. Put Stick them on the there. See if they move. If they move, they'll fly. The other and will. Jason, I'm uh, talking to him about him uh, getting him all his uh, places. Mm. Yes, he should definitely and do that. Wholesale distributing to him, we, and then Chris mm-hmm. has his line of his person that owns like dozens of gas stations and hundreds of vape stores. So, Chris and Jason are two friends I'm, of ours, and they also are like kind of intermediate. Like they're they're in business; they own their own businesses. Yeah. And Chris has like five. Yeah, he just partnered with Toby Keith to be the grower for Toby Keith in. That is exciting. Oklahoma. I do like Toby Keith in America. So if you don't like America, How cool is that? then you then fuck you. I hope we get to go to his uh Cabo house at some point. Hell yeah. He's yeah. On, he'll be singing us some lullabies. No. But he sings cool songs like I love this bar. I love Ohana Cabo Bar. Oh, how cool would that be if he <laughs> if he sang that in my bar? Yeah. <laughs> I love Ohana Cabo Bar. That would dot be dot com, <laughs> dude. I, you know how much it would cost to make <laughs> to get him to sing that for you? I, I would say like 50 G's. It's a wit. Nah. Yeah. But, Maybe because of friends. In a couple of years, if Chris and him, as yeah. they become buddies, even if I can get him in the bar to like just drink kava and take a couple shots, money. Yeah. Famous people wearing or using your product or, you know, being in your establishment. It gives you a uh, credibility. credibility. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I do. Oh man, sun just came out. Yeah, the sun did just <laughs> come out here, Colorado, baby. It shines off the snow so bright. It's blinding. Yeah, I'm looking at down there. Um, just like our future. And that's what we say, you know. 
Like I'm trying, I want you to make $10 million and more, but let's get to 10 million first. And what you wish upon someone else, you know, if it's, if it's harm, you know, harm might come to you. If it's blessings, maybe blessings will come to you. Is any of that true? I'm not sure. Yeah. But I think so. Blessings. Yeah. Wish blessings. Bless everyone. Bless them all. Bless everyone. The fifth chapter of that book uh, that Max had me listening to, The Untethered Soul, uh, he talks about keeping your heart chakra open. And it kind of goes in line with just telling people, like just spreading love. Mm. If you keep that heart chakra open all the time, we close it off. We get angry, closed. Mm -hmm. We get agitated, closed. Um, It's hard to keep it open all the time Mm -hmm. and just spread that love. I've been doing a, a love and compassion meditation for the past just few days. In fact, right before you got here, I was sending you love and compassion. You didn't even know it, probably. I felt it. Though. Okay. Well, I, I was sending it. it to my wife. We're all connected. Yeah. When I go snowboarding, I do that. Send it to everybody. I do yeah. qigong, get in a deep meditative state while I'm cruising down the mountain or when, when we go hiking. And I, I focus on people and send them love. Do you think taking time away from like the rush like okay so these altered states that we'll put ourselves in whether with plant medicines or meditation and qigong and these types of things i feel like success a lot of successful people do that i don't think it's necessary but okay when when you can when you control your mind and your body all of that is not that is to help you control your mind and your body yeah because we're weak yeah okay but so, so you when you fully it. when you fully control it like yeah. look look at monks or yeah. like the hasidic jews that pray like all day long like they, they they pray three times a day for three hours at a time i just started reading That's another book much. uh the rabbi gave me okay. and the, the first chapter he talks about um praying three hours a day so what, what are you doing when you're praying you're, you're putting yourself in a meditative state yeah but I mean, if you're trying to do everything else in life, it's really hard to stay in a meditative state or praying mm-hmm. for nine hours a day. Yeah. But you're you're connecting to God or Universe. consciousness or yeah. whatever term people want to use. Yeah, but being open, I feel like being open to the messages from the universe requires some level of itself. Like you're opening up a pathway in your mind and you can't just do that when you're the hustle and bustle and some people can be successful no, you got to slow it down yeah it's a slow it's a slower vibration that's why the float tank worked because mm. it puts you in that meditative state that's why like hiking mm. uh that's why like surfing snowboarding biking one wheeling you know i've been riding my one wheel a lot i can get out for you know 10 15 minutes go cruise the neighborhood and that's why i called you was that yesterday we talked yeah I, I, I put music on and like two minutes later, like all the stuff started flowing mm-hmm. because I was in that meditative state. It just happened like that. And I was like, and I'm like, Oh, I got to talk to Bobby. And you know, and we made a whole bunch of stuff happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we finally are getting this done too. But when you're bogged down with all these vibrations of the hustle and bustle, it's hard to, it's hard to think you got yeah. all this stuff coming at you. You got to go problem solve like i would go jog a lot of times if i, I got jogging. hit something yeah i know right i can't anymore and it sucks i love jogging but some people don't like it but that was my one of my ways to clear my mind and meditate and anytime i typically you might wake up to an issue with your business that you need to resolve and i mean sometimes and you can either 
try to fix it right there or like take a minute to go think about it and process everything. And when I would run, I would typically come up with a solution by the time I got back. But that was my, and it sounds like your one wheel kind of does that for you. It puts you in that zone, that state yeah. of flow that where the information that you But need. you don't need drugs to get there. No. I mean, the drugs are fun or the yeah. herbs are fun. Uh-huh. The kava is fun. And it can help slow that vibration. I gave some to this woman the other day. She she runs at this like vibration, like mm-hmm. uh, drinks like coffee like all day long, and you're around those people, you know. They're like, uh, 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 like yeah. they, they they can't even get the words out because they're 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 running at such a high vibration. Yeah, there's no. Solutions. I gave I gave her uh, a little bit of kava, and she was like, I I can't run at that pace, and I'm like yeah you like run like this and it brought you down here maybe try it in the evening i you know i gave it to her in the middle of the work day mm-hmm. some people it works for in the middle of the work day but like when you're used to running at like 100 miles an hour all day and you bring someone down to like 75 they feel like their world is crashing yeah because they run like until they crash at night and then well like I try people to run on like, adderall sometimes or maybe who are oh Ding on Adderall with myself. I was one of them at one point. When I say Odin, I just mean taking more than you should be possibly or never taking breaks, but you're like spinning your wheels essentially. And I remember this one woman came to, uh, she was delivering weed, I think, but she was all spun out on Adderall. And we had, we were asking her questions and she was just like, answering everything in like these circles and never really answering the question. (laughs) I was just like, this bitch is spun the fuck out right now. And, and you, I don't think that it's that useful. Although at the, you know, you think I need more energy, right? So I'm going to take this pill. It's going to give me more energy. I'm going to go, 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 go. But what do you, you're not really doing anything of value a lot of times. Yeah. How much can, well, some people can. Yeah. 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 get, Get a lot of stuff done. As long as, you know, you're using it accurately, probably. You I, I, t- I took an, one Adderall once and one Ritalin once because two girls I was dating, they were both on it. Mm-hmm. The Ritalin girl, every time I looked at her, she was like uh, eating a pill in class, when, when we were not in class, when we were driving around. Like she was always like, always eating one. And one day I was finally like, let me try one of these. And I was in human growth and development one of the prereqs for nursing school. And we were on like chapter 10. I had to write like a one page essay for each chapter. Usually took me like 10, 15 minutes. Well, I'd taken it, I think on the drive to her house, got to her house. It was at one of her computers and I'm, I'm sitting there typing it, got done like 15, 20 minutes, like usual. Mm. Then I was rereading it and I'm like, I can change that. And then I can change that sentence. And then I can change that sentence. And then I could change that sentence. And then like an hour later, it might've been more. I was like, oh my God, I've rewritten this paper like three times. Yeah. And I walked in there and I'm like, do you always rewrite your paper three times when you take these drugs? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I didn't take it again. Yeah. I don't I, even remember that girl's name. I think it's best to not take those drugs personally. Don't do drugs. Yeah. Just do some kava, smoke some weed maybe. And then, and then the Adderall, that was terrible because oh, yeah. I, I took that before a concert with Caroline. Uh, who was it? It was one of the it was old, one of the old rock bands. I can't remember which one. I want to say it was um, 
It was either Ted Nugent or Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Or it might have just been Stills, Nash, and Young. Or it might have been Young on his own. Because Young stopped touring with him, didn't he? Yeah, it was one of those. <laughs> That's fucked up. But I was up for 36 hours. I took it probably like four o'clock in the afternoon. I didn't go to sleep until like the next night. I was up all night, just like. <sighs> it's definitely meth. Yeah, and it's, it's it's. I don't crazy. like that. Yeah, I liked it, but I had to get off of it and and I just do other things to kind of get my heart going. I I'll guess. try stuff once. If it doesn't kill yeah. me, maybe twice. Yeah. But not that. I don't like that feeling. I don't know. I don't like uppers, though, I guess. I mean, Kava's kind of a downer, maybe, mm -hmm. or relaxer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, everyone's different. I've liked uppers, but I'm just... I've never been addicted to anything either, yeah. though. Like, I broke my wrist when I was 18. I had Percocet. Everyone was trying to get my Percocet from me. Yep. And I'm like, no, my fucking wrist hurts, man. One time I took too many while it was broken. I was at uh, the Warp Tour. Mm-hmm. I would have been 2001 down in like Fort Lauderdale. It's hot, you know, 85, 90 degrees. Mm. So hot down there. And my, you know, I got a cast on from here to here, sweating, arms hanging down, the blood's flowing, it's getting swollen. So, you know, the pain is increasing. I don't know how many Percocet that I ate that day. Cause you know, we were just dancing and it might not have even been that many. It might've been three or four, but I'm a lightweight. That's a lot to me. Well, over the course of, you know, it's an all-day concert. Yeah, sure. So by the time we were leaving, whatever time that was, like, I don't know if it all caught up to me or I just realized that, like, it all hit me because I remember walking out of the concert to wherever the car was and everyone's running. And I'm like, why are you guys moving so fast? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, shit. I think I took a lot of Percocet, man. <laughs> I, those, are, those are nice. Put you on a pink cloud. Yeah. I see yeah, for what it's but I had a broken wrist so yeah. you know it wasn't like I wasn't using drugs I was using it for what it what its intended purpose was yeah but I might have taken too many that day I don't know that's all right it happens but it was memorable yeah <laughs> as long as you're not doing like taking pills every day like that are those kind of pills Adderall pain pills it, it's, it's a downward spiral I promise you that you're not going to get to the top of your profession yeah or stay there but like i said i've long. never been addicted to stuff like yeah. I, some people they, they take something once and they're like i need it all and i need it all right now and i need it all right now every day i've yeah. never experienced that it's like if I, I remember i took uh, ecstasy for the first time and it was a good one and i was like i want to I'm the type that I want to do this every day <laughs> from now on. And that was a downward spiral. So uh, luckily these types of things didn't last too long in my life, but I think I, I did take that once and I'm a, I'm addicted to work. I might've taken like also. half of one once. I like the hustle. I, I would do that again. I like think I took GHB once too. I don't know if I've ever done that. That was, it was legal mm -hmm. uh, up until I don't remember like, 2000-ish you could buy it that. at gnc it helped right. you sleep yeah uh but then people realized that it also made you feel really good mm. and it helped you sleep and 
some random dude i think gave it to me at the beach I, I remember it vaguely i don't know who it was and i think my buddy tony knew who the guy was and it was like in a pepsi can they put it in a pepsi can and they're like yeah just drink that drink half of it you'll feel real good and i was like uh okay i'll try anything once hopefully i don't die <laughs> right and I, I remember drinking it and like a little while later i felt i felt amazing like i felt like superman wow um and then i came down and then i was like super relaxed hmm. so it was like kind of like a spike of like euphoria like mm -hmm. i felt amazing i remember like late 90s early 2000s that's that was kind of popular i guess it was early 2000s and i i never really got into it but I can't do all the fucking drugs. I did most of them, and uh, and I kind of. I've never shot it. anything up. I've never shot anything up either, except testosterone, I guess. But I think I did smoke heroin once. I smoked heroin. Not another once. one of those college uh, parties where people are passing shit around, and oh. you think it's just weed. It's yeah. a pipe. They're like, yeah, it's weed, and they're like, oh yeah, it's weed, and we put some heroin in there. I'm not a fan of smoking heroin personally. If I'm gonna do it. I'm going to take it. It felt good. <laughs> yeah? Okay, see, I don't know. Not going to lie. Okay, wow. Yeah. Um, I mean, I only took like probably one or two hits, so I don't know. It was a long time ago, too. Yeah. God, I didn't realize how much stuff I experimented with now that we're talking about all of these things. Mm-hmm. But you made it. You're still you're a success. But I, I never got addicted to any of it. Yeah, that's fortunate. Except Not surfing. Really. I was addicted to surfing. I still am, and I miss it, and I'm Peter Pan, and my wife is Wendy. What's the feeling you get surfing when you're, like, actually doing it, like you're going down the wave or whatever? You're, you're at one with the wave. You're at one with the planet. Uh, when you're in a barrel, it feels like you're back in the womb. Mm -mm. Um I mean, look how many surfers just abandon everything in their life to do nothing but surf. And, you know, we moved out here. You know, I grew up surfing in Florida and I loved it. But when I came out here, I was able to go snowboarding on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. If it's flat on Tuesday and that's your day off in Florida, you're not surfing. Mm -hmm. You're just sitting around going, you're staring at the charts going, when's the next swell coming? Mm -hmm. And you're looking at, surf videos and surf magazines where, where, where are the next waves and i came out here and i was like man i just went snowboarding on a tuesday that was awesome it's kind of like surfing it's also beating my body up a lot more than surfing you fall snowboarding doing 30 40 50 miles an hour i like to go fast mm -hmm. <laughs> um screwed my back up <laughs> and now i kind of miss surfing and want to move back to the ocean and surf but I've screwed my shoulders up from falling and catching myself snowboarding. I don't know. How but the, the, the feeling's amazing. It's a, it's addicting. It's, it's it's a drug. Like, like you basketball. see you see guys drop everything and do nothing but surf. Yeah. And I think I still dream of that, and that's why there's still that struggle that I have that the wife has to deal with because I want to constantly run away to go surfing and. It's not so bad in the summertime when I can, the first year I started river surfing mm -hmm. down in uh, Florence, mm -hmm. I, I could work until noon and I'd get all my work done. And I'd drive 30, 45 minutes south. I'd listen to podcasts or a, a book, uh, jump in the water there. I'd surf for two, three, four hours, get all those ideas flowing. 
Mm-hmm. I could jump back out of the water easily there, send messages out, write notes, surf, head home, listen to my podcast. But the wave got screwed up. I'm hoping it comes back this year. Like the it's only like 30 formation. minutes south of the house. It's messing up the ability to Yeah, ride. there were like some rocks that moved and uh, logs that got in the way. How long have we been talking? An hour and 10 minutes. Oh. It's not too bad. Oh, it feels but, like it's been like longer. Yeah. Well, but that's because time flies. Just kidding. You never know. What, how, I was wondering the same thing. That's why I gave it a little peek. And we are coming up towards the end of the podcast. Um, so a couple of things I want to ask you to do maybe is, or is to recommend a, you know, a great book that you feel would benefit our listeners as well as any other practical business sense advice that they can use to get started on something. Maybe. Oh, there's so many great books. You got that one over there, Think and Grow Rich. Yep. How many times have you read it? dozen yeah just flip through mm-hmm. you've read it so many times you can just scan it and go yep, yep oh yeah and it just comes back to you yeah um it's like my bible yeah the uh i don't know if i've given the you a torah? copy of it just kidding yeah the torah I started studying torah more yeah i met a rabbi i got um bar mitzvah randomly in my living room one day it was the first time I met him. He's like, were you ever bar mitzvahed? And I was like, uh, no, dude, I told you I'm only Jewish. Uh, uh, uh. And he's like, oh, no, you're very Jewish. You're Jew. You're Jew, you're Jew, you're Jew. And I'm like, <laughs> And the next thing I know, he's like uh, wrapping my arm up with tefillin and putting a thing on my head. And he's like, here, say this prayer. And I'm like, okay. And the wife's kind of watching and the girls are watching. And they're like, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't know. And next thing I know, we're uh, singing and dancing and he's like now you've been bar mitzvah and i'm like i'm still not going to be an adult dude uh, <laughs> i think that's cool though i think i love the jewish religion and but he's uh, really cool yeah he, he's a you should come to shabbat dinner with us i should come it's fun i bet drink I a lot of wine he, he tells uh stories talks about torah and different stuff and it's I'm interesting interested. I'm, I'm super interested in in is not islam <laughs> Israel, <laughs> uh, Judaism, um, and Islam. By the way, I would I want to learn about Hinduism too. The, those are three major religions I would like to get more a lot more like knowledge on. The Untethered Soul. I haven't finished that one yet, but that's pretty good. I, I was listening to. Um, recently, I listened to Rebbe. Uh, by Joseph Telushkin. That's about the the last... There's like rabbis and then there's rebbes that are like... The head Above? of... Like, yeah. Of the Chabad organization. The Hasidic Jews. Yeah. Um, who I've... That's who I've been studying with and talking to. And when I've had problems, I'm like, bro, I don't know what to do. Just like I do with you guys. Yeah. But he gives me this like different... Pers religious perspective i bet you know i'm and, sure it's very wise usually maybe not and sometimes know. he's like go give money and i'm like okay one of my and that's one of my favorite books is uh one of the kabbalah books uh that i read years ago the power of prosperity by rav berg i think power of prosperity 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great book. And one of the chapters in there is all about giving. Mm-hmm. And over the over the course of the last five years, you know, I, I've given more and more. And whenever the business has struggled or whenever I've struggled, I found a new organization and I'll just set up auto donations, 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month, and I just leave them. Yeah. So, you know, now there's several organizations that we donate to on a monthly basis. Um, and, you know, the other day I was having issues with the... Uh, county health department and all these other things and he, and he goes uh here read, read psalm 120 and psalm 121 and give sadaka or uh charity uh so i was like boom donate donated 500 bucks and i jumped on my one like i tried reading it on 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 uh on my phone while i was sitting there and i was just too agitated mm-hmm. and then uh, i jumped on my one wheel i skated around for like 10 minutes and then i pulled my phone back out and i started reading it meeting went smooth mm. and, and everything everything worked out you know i i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know it's, well it I worked you can't i don't <laughs> think you can go too wrong with giving so long as you don't give everything away that you can't take care of your family but yeah like the other day we were coming back from texas and we went in to charge our tesla at a tesla charging station because yeah. we're ballers like that but I, so we go into the little gift shop and we're walking around for like 20 minutes and go to pay. And we see the lady doing the register was talking to her other coworkers about the previous person in line who basically stole a hundred bucks from them. And she's like, he took a hundred dollars. Somehow he got a hundred dollars from her. I think she gave him too much change. And then when she was like, I gave you too much, he was like, no, it's right. And he ended up just saying, no, I'm, this is right. I'm taking this. He took the hundred bucks whatever whether it's true or not like we walked out and i just i was something told me i was like just go give her a hundred bucks yeah and uh, i t- i was telling a hundred bucks you got yeah. it and i went and i went in there and there was a huge line but i i just i walked around the side and i was like i, I just wanted to give you this and she's like oh my god she's like i'm working you're gonna make me cry and like whatever and yeah um uh, it's like i can it made me feel good it makes you feel good i don't know it made me feel good making her feel good yeah and it wasn't that much. So you know what I, I've been doing? I, I keep a whole bunch of ones. After reading that book, Rebe, mm-hmm. uh, he would, this guy's, this is a great book. Tell me, continue. He, um, he would meet with people. I don't, I don't remember what it's called. There's some Jewish word for it. And, you know, basically talk with them. And sometimes for hours. And there would be a line of people. And the dude would work. Like, he didn't sleep. He just helped people 24-7. And I don't know if it was like, once a week or daily or like how, how he did it, but he would give everyone a dollar so they could go give that dollar away and help them help everyone else. (laughs) Um, And I've been thinking like, how how do I do that with my staff? Because I I do direct deposit and you know, somewhere in there they had talked about like putting a dollar in with their paycheck. So that way they have that dollar to give away. Even if it's a dollar and you give it away, you're elevating your, your, your soul and the money, you know, uh, Christianity, Judaism, I don't know about the other religions. They, they say it's not our money. It's, it's God's money. It's Hashem's money that we are just stewards of the money and you have to be a good steward of the money. So, you know, if you're wasting your money on weed, stupid stuff, I, I don't know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, or, you know, giving, giving it away. Tithing comes from the word tenthing. Tenth, uh, um, but I, 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 I keep asking the rabbi about this because 
I haven't understood his explanation, but it's really 20% in Judaism, I think. Um, and then you're supposed to give Zedaka on top of that. So it's like the tw- you're supposed to give like 20% plus more randomly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I wanted to talk about this earlier. Like there is no, there is no loss. One, it's not our money. Two, like I've lost a ton of money, but I bless it. And I say it's going to come back to me tenfold or a hundredfold. I, I, you know, I had the one contractor run off with five grand before we even got the job started. And, you know, yeah, it hurt. But mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I bless that money. I bless him. I forgive him because mm. you don't want that eating you up. Mm-mm. And that money's going to come back to me a hundredfold, a mm. thousandfold, a millionfold. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And, you know, that build, that build sucked. And then I had, you know, another contractor take more money. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to bless it. It's going to come back. Mm-hmm. You lose some money, just bless it. It's going to come back. It's not your money. And it's come back to you. So I keep, right. I keep a bunch of dollar bills and, you know, like, Hell yeah. see someone that needs a buck. Here's a buck. What the homeless? You need five bucks. Yeah. There was a lady out front of Target the other day. I was with the wife, which I never go to Target <laughs> with her. Um, and there was a lady standing there with two kids. And I just opened up my wallet. And the first bill I saw was a 10. I was just like, yeah, hand her that 10. Give it. You can afford it. That's beautiful. I love to hear that. And, you know, that the the, the better you do, the more you can give. Yeah. You know, but some people say, like, if, if you're not giving when you don't have a lot to give, you're probably not going to give a lot when you have a lot to give. It's a, it's a habit, just like everything else. Um, well, like, it's funny because people think that capitalism is evil and all these business owners are, like, Scrooges and keeping all the money, but where are the motherfuckers giving it, motherfuckers? <laughs> what, are the, what are you doing? How, mu- how much money does McDonald's donate a year, you think? Yeah, I don't know. Probably a lot. Do you think? No, maybe not, but that's a huge corporation, and I'm talking about us, like, small business owners that are doing it for, like... We haven't been taken over by stockholders and shit like that and profits solely. I mean, yeah, we want to make profit, but what for what? So that we can make the world, like our world, a better place. And what makes our world a better place, meaning that around us is to help those around you and lift those up with you so that you can live a life to be, you know, talked about. The better we do, the more people we're helping and the more people we can help, it's a snowball. Yeah. I want to be remembered as a a good dude, also, and just in during in, during my life, live in that way where I'm a I'm a good dude. It'll be good. Yeah. See, that's been a struggle for me. Like I, I, I don't take a lot of credit for it, but like watching Yellowstone, you know, the the whole thing was the dad leaving a legacy for his children, and I don't know. I I just never thought about like. I mean, yeah, I, I do it for the wife and the kids and I do it for everyone else, but like, I don't, I'm not running around like, this is all mine. I did it all. I mean, sometimes I do, but it, it doesn't resonate with me. Like it, it's, a, it's a weird feeling to be like, because I didn't do it all. Right. I couldn't have done it all. I did everything. We take, we take a lot of credit for with it. my and, own two yeah, hands. The, you know, the idea for the sheath came out of your head. The Nobody idea for the kava bar me. came out of my head. Yeah. But we couldn't have done it without everyone else Hell that's been no. there. All the support. I, no. I couldn't have done it without you. Couldn't yeah. have done it without my dad. He helped build out the first bar. I wouldn't uh, want to you know, do it. Couldn't have done it without the wife. Couldn't have done it without all the staff that's come through. 
Couldn't have done it without all the customers. We motivate each other. I think you and I. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Keep us pushing. You, so have, to, you have to have a, a someone. A, a friendly competition, maybe. Yeah. We'll call it a rival. I'll catch up. <laughs> I hope you do, because that'll watch. make me have to work that much harder to stay on top. I like it. Yeah. We were neck and neck for a couple of years. Yeah. I was like, what in the fuck is this little ass bar in Colorado Springs keeping up with a worldwide underwear company? But now I, I got to go worldwide, bro. And Hey, we're growing. Yep, and it's, and it's fun. And it's been a blast being able to watch you grow. We're going to continue to grow over the next decade. And, and it's going to, I love it when you tell, tell me you, you just jumped another 50%, 100%, just massive growth. Yeah, it's encouraging. Some people are like, oh, look at you, look at you, like talking shit. Why you gotta talk shit? Don't hate. Bless Get people. motivated. Yeah, yeah. Someone was like, "Why are you competing with him? You shouldn't compete." And I'm like, "I mean, I don't know, because we have fun." Yeah, it is fun. Like, we're both winning. Yeah, we are both winning. It's not <laughs> like I'm rubbing it, but you know, we're rubbing like, it in your face because you were beating me and you were never yeah. like. I'm kicking your ass, bitch. No, it's just fun. Yeah, it was just like step up, motherfucker. To race. Whatever. Now, now we have to get those Tesla trucks so we can race them. Yeah. Or maybe uh, I'll get the Porsche 911 Turbo S. Oh, that sounds nice. I think it still might be faster. I think you should get the truck. We'll be truck but truck brothers. I've I've always wanted. Someone asked me the other day, like, why do you want the Porsche? And I'm like, because of Ute Pass. Like, what other car? will handle Ute Pass at like 90 miles an hour besides a Porsche. I don't, I don't think a Lamborghini is going to handle it. The road's too fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got a little more ground clearance with the Porsche and the Porsche is built for tracks and tight turns like that. And ever since I moved here 12 oh. years ago and I've driven that pass, I've always dreamt of driving a Porsche through the pass. And maybe I wouldn't need to buy one if I could just rent one for <laughs> a couple weeks and make laps up and down Ute Pass. And drive it through the mountains and get mm -hmm. out of my system. You could do it. Because there's part of me that, like, I don't necessarily want to buy one and spend that much money on one, even when I do have it. But it'll be fun. People are like, oh, it's a, it's a, my mom, I was Skyping with them before she passed away and she's like, oh, you're having a midlife crisis. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I've wanted this for like 12 years. I'm just finally getting closer to the point that I can actually afford it. And, maybe it is a midlife crisis for some guys but maybe it's also like what guy in their 20s or 30s can afford a porsche yeah and you're still in your 30s you should get it uh, for six more months 40. okay a few more months i don't know what month that is well should you should is a strong you're gonna word. throw me a 40th birthday party like i did for you we should yeah. i will yeah let's do it when's your birthday december 3rd hell yeah december trace 12 3 83. Were you born in 83? 81. 81. So I'm only three years older than you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to throw Matt Clark a birthday party on December 3rd of this year. Come join us at Ohana in Colorado Springs. Um, we're going to wrap it up. It's been a pleasure having this gentleman on. Thanks for having me. He's the best. He's my probably my best friend. So we'll leave it at that. And uh, so support him. And his business. Ohanacalvabar.com. Exactly. Have a good time doing it. If you're in Colorado Springs, come check us out. Exactly. Downtown 112 East Boulder Street on Academy Boulevard, 
just north of Austin Bluffs and hopefully soon here in Manitou. Mm-hmm. Plus, we got the mobile truck. We're going to be slinging Kava, different parks. Maybe we'll go off-roading. Got that jacked up uh, Dodge mm-hmm. Ram. We'll take it off-roading and find some off-roading groups to hang out with and introduce them to Kava. Come check it out. Come take to Colorado. Take surf park. Yeah. Take people surfing. I got a couple of uh, river surfboards. Come experience it's it in person. It's going to be a busy, fun summer. If you can't, buy it online. Tell your friends. Ohana means family. OhanaCabaBar.com. Promo code Sheath saves 5%. Get it while you can. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode. And thank you, Jake, the tattooed bearded Mormon, for following us on Twitter for this whole episode. Very cool. We'll be back next week with another episode with a successful entrepreneur like I'm a Matt. successful entrepreneur. Yeah, very successful. Killing the game, just like me. All right, people. <laughs> See you next time. We're out.